tired of the everyday grind? Want to get away from it all? Descent into paradise. Florida. Greetings, everybody, from sunny Florida. Here's wishing you the best of everything. And it's my personal belief that the best of everything comes from right down here. Hi, everybody. It's Steph from JustTodayInParadise.com, and welcome to episode five of Just a Podcast in Paradise. Me and the dip crew think we're pretty lucky to live in the Sunshine State, and it's our goal to help you plan for your very own day in paradise. With all there is to see, do, and experience, we know that planning for your Florida vacation can be pretty overwhelming. So don't worry, friends. We've got your back. You can consider us your locals on the ground. We'll do the research, and you reap the benefits. Also, guys, what kind of friends would we be if we didn't offer you a delicious beverage while we hang out? So today, we're going with a non-alcoholic option that reminds us of one of our favorite local coffee spots called Bean to Cup Coffee Lounge. They make an awesome dirty chai latte, and we tried our best to recreate it at home. I think we're going to need the extra caffeine for today's episode since we're going to be answering some listener questions. So it's time to get started. Kick up your feet, throw on your shades, and let's take a trip to paradise. All right, so today we have Garrett and Megan. They're officially in the studio. In studio. We're calling it. Hi, First guys. First time. First time in forever. Want to sing? The house looks different. No? I'll yeah, pass. it looks different. Or the studio looks different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we are lucky to live in the great state of Florida because our governor has said that we are ready to prepare to reopen. So we are officially back together in person and we're excited to answer some listener questions today so how are you guys pretty good pretty good a little tired of this uh dirty chai that's what it is mm-hmm dirty me chai pepping me up a little bit so have you ever had one before i feel like i've had like a taste but this is really good what about you i'm a big fan of dirty chai's again from really anywhere mm-hmm. chai by itself is delicious but the espresso gives it a kick that you really need because it doesn't have a lot of caffeine i feel so professional right now like, i know like you're we're like sipping. you're interviewing us mm-hmm. like we're we're the, we're the guests. <laughs> guests in the studio right. i feel like i'm on a rogan right now <laughs> rogan who it's all about the dip crew Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did throw out the question to our Instagram followers last week. If you're not following us, make sure you follow us at Just Take a Dip so you can throw us your questions. Uh, but we went through, we had some weird ones, we had some funny ones, and we had some that were really excited to go over with you guys. But I thought first we could maybe dive a little bit deeper on why we think that we even deserve the opportunity to answer these questions. Like, what? tell me a little bit more about your history traveling around the state and living in the state and what you love about being here. Well, I mean, third generation of my family to be from Fort Myers, so South Florida mostly, but all of, like, the field trips I went on as a kid, all the other trips with my family I went on as a kid was all in Florida, you know, other than sometimes going out of the state, but normally we would find a cool place in the state to go because it's always, you can always drive there. It can be a little bit longer. It can be pretty short, but you're always near something. So 
I feel like we have a little bit of an upper hand from other people because we've all been here for so long. I've done all my vacationing in Florida as well as Garrett. Um, Miami, Key West, um, Greyhound races in Ocala. Florida's got a lot going on that you wouldn't really guess. It, there's really no reason to leave, in my opinion. True. So yeah. I feel like an expert. And Megan and I have actually vacationed together most of our lives. And uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but uh, my family calls me the vacation Nazi. Mm. That's kind of where this whole gig started. Uh, I'm a Uber planner. I think that you get the most out of your time when you plan, you know, because I think it's the worst if you're on vacation. And this used to happen to me all the time before we started vacation planning. You go and you plan a trip. You probably sp- spend a lot of time and money figuring out where you're going to stay. But sometimes it kind of ends there. Maybe you pick like one big activity that you're going to do. And then you spend like an hour in the hotel room playing the where do you want to mm. eat dinner game with your family. Or, you know, like you can't all agree on something. Or maybe you had something in mind that you wanted to do, but you didn't allow yourself enough time. So I am pretty passionate about if you plan for something, you're going to have a really good time. Yeah, and... We even went through that when we were first dating, actually. We planned this cool trip to St. Pete. We found a really awesome Airbnb. There's a lot of cats there, so Megan was really happy about that. But we got stuck one night, like, not very, like, we couldn't figure out where to eat, and it took forever. And we, like, in the middle of the vacation, we were like, we really should have planned more for this. So we wasted a lot of precious time. Yeah, we did doing that. So, and I just want to throw in that, uh, you guys totally could have asked me. To help you plan that vacation, but instead you went out on your own, and that's what you get. Well, we have regrets. Yeah, well, that goes for you listening at home, too. Well, let us help you plan your vacation. Cool, so uh, let's just jump right in to the first topic. So uh, we got a question from Bob Bird 99 I think we all Bird. shout out Bob Bird. Uh, Bird we, up. <laughs> Are you saying burn up? Bird up. Bert, Bird up? Bird up. Bird up. Got it. We'll show okay. the video after this. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Bob Bird ninety nine said, "Are there any good sushi places here?" I think there is. Okay. I've been to multiple. There's two of them downtown. One of them is a little bit more mainstream to like the south. Downtown where? Downtown Fort Myers. Okay. Sorry. I'm like, mm-hmm. A little bit more mainstream. It's called Blue Sushi. Um, it's there's a few open around the area. Uh, that one's where everybody goes. They have really good lunch specials uh, for I mean, for what you're getting for 16 bucks for all you can eat. It's pretty darn good. Um, there's another one that's in downtown Fort Myers. It's with it's inside the Indigo Hotel. Uh, it's called Ichiban. It's a family-owned sushi restaurant. Uh, I've been going there since I was probably 12, and that is still to this day the best sushi. I've I've ever eaten. I mean, I, I don't. Know and Garrett's been to Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii. So, so. I don't know if you guys know that about Garrett. Did, Garrett's actually um, wearing pineapples on his shirt right now. I, I am. So it makes am. it more authentic. But I know Megan has one that. My favorite restaurant, one of my favorite restaurants in Naples, is going to have to be Namba. It's the best place to get ramen, which is another story. But it also <laughs> has really great sushi. Um, 
They have something basic like a California roll, and they also have something as unique as Wagyu with 24 karat gold flakes. So it's a really cool place for sushi. Something also that I really respected is that if the chef is not there, if he's on vacation, they don't have sushi on their menu because he will not allow anyone else to prepare without him there. So it's really an art for him. It's very important, and you can see it in the presentation, the flavor. It's a great place for sushi in Naples. And there are some good seating areas in that restaurant. It's pretty small, but there's a, like a bar seating area where you can watch him create this amazing looking sushi and sushimi that's nice um yeah i went with locally because i know bob bird lives in estero so uh, i went with sushi one and i chose sushi one because it's a little bit more casual and you can go for lunch they have great spicy tuna tacos so if you want something a little bit unconventional i think that's a good bet but i also want to take you to another few places around the state just in case you're not local here where we are so there's uh one of my favorite sushi places it actually got me into sushi when i lived on the east coast there's a place called crazy buffet in west palm you guys heard of Crazy Buffet? I haven't. You have not? Let me... I hear buffets. buffet. I yeah. hear buffet and I'm like... Mm. Yeah. Oh, no, right. I'm in. Yeah. I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah. So we had two sides. Megan's like, buffet, I'm in. And Garrett's like, sushi buffet sounds kind of gnarly. So uh, you got to remember on the east coast of Florida, there's a lot more population density. There's a lot more people going out to eat. Uh, so you can run through a buffet with people and it's not like that food's going to be sitting or anything. And what I love about this place is the sushi quality is phenomenal. They offer like not just conventional sushi. So like I've been to Asian buffets where they'll have, you know, quote unquote sushi, but it's just a couple like California rolls. It's not that cool. Like the draw is the sushi and i was able to try octopus sushi there eel sushi like they have a lot of different things that maybe you wouldn't order if you were going out for sushi but since you can try it uh, it's really good and it doesn't just stop at the sushi so like if you're with someone or you're going out on a date and like one person wants sushi the other person wants you know something else they have a whole um What's the thing? Hibachi, right? Mm -hmm. Where they do, so yes. you can like go right up to the counter and they have like a hibachi grill right there. Uh, they also have a tempura station. So they do like tempura vegetables and stuff like that. Um, they'll ha they have like different shellfish. So it's like a very big mix of food and it's pretty casual. Like, you know, they have the koi fish pond out front and then just like pretty open seating. Uh, and it's not that expensive. I looked it up because I haven't been in a while and it's still just $20.99 all you can eat for an adult. That's, That's not bad. for sushi. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. I've just had bad experiences at buffets, but I do want to try this one. Yeah. Next time we're on that coast, we should go. Mm. And uh, I put somewhere else on this place. I think I, I just discovered this place as I was in an Instagram wormhole. So sushi, as we know, comes from Megan. Japan. Japan, right? Thank okay. you. I thought you said it came from Megan. <laughs> sushi comes from Megan. Oh. <laughs> uh, so sushi comes from Japan. And uh, what's the closest you can get to Japan in Florida? Key West? No. Interesting. Why'd you say Key West? Because it was the southern... I don't know. But Miami? Japan's not south. It's West. It's south. Yeah. Yeah. Miami. So not physically close, but culturally close. Miami? No. Or I don't really think Maybe this isn't an obvious answer. Asian culture in, in Florida, I, in my opinion. So Not I enough. was leading you to the Japan Pavilion at 
at bar <laughs> where there's actual Japanese people. That makes Ooh. a lot of sense. Right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, what I love about this pavilion, because it's up there, it's probably number three. If I said Mexico's number one, Morocco's number two, Japan's got to be number three because it's huge and there's a lot of hidden gems. So there's a restaurant called, and I could be pronouncing this wrong, forgive me, Megan, uh, Takumi Te or Takumi Tai? Takumi Te. Okay, Takumi Te. Do you know what it means? I don't. It Takumi means... is a very like popular name in, in Japan. Is it? Okay, it means House of the Artisan. So Takumite is a restaurant. It's hidden. I mean, I have walked by this place literally a million times. I didn't know it was there. When I found out that it existed, I thought it must have been brand new. But no, it's been there for a while. So it's a very exclusive restaurant, and it's pretty expensive. Uh, They do have an a la carte menu, which um, you get seated in one of five rooms, and each room represents a natural element. So either water, wood, earth, stone, or washi paper. Do you know what washi paper is? I don't know what washi paper is. I'm not familiar. No? Um, It's an element? It says it's an element, so clearly it's an element. I'm pulling this right from Disney's website. Um, Every area features beautiful handcrafted works of art honoring the element that brought it to life. At Takumite, the beauty of Japan is also in the cuisine. So you can choose from their a la carte menu, or you can get a multi-course tasting menu that offers creatively prepared Japanese-inspired dishes. They have uh, Wagyu beef, which looks amazing. They have Maki sushi, which I learned just means the seaweed is wrapped on the outside. And uh, Yuzu cheesecake, which sounds like it might be pretty good. Yeah. Um, You had me at cuisine really to be honest (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) they also have signature cocktails so that's Mm. all of that is nice right and if you look up takumite on instagram or even on uh, disney's website it's it's beautiful but the water room Mm. is the room that you want to be in and i'll tell you why this is a price tag of 180 dollars per person a nine course meal and this is what they call, uh, it's a dining experience that comes from Japan. And I know I'm going to butcher this again, but it's called Kaiseki or Kaisaki, which it's right here. Kaiseki. 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 Which uh, means that really the chef is preparing this for you. You don't order off a menu. You kind of just come in, make the reservation, sit down with your friends. And the whole meal lasts three hours. It's a completely multi-sensory experience. All the plates look absolutely beautiful, and they bring a balance between the art of uh, the you know Japanese art and nature, and of course the food. Uh, there is a minimum of six in your party, so you have to have a minimum of six and a maximum of eight. But it's a completely intimate room; it shuts you off to the rest of the restaurant, and um, you can do a beverage pairing. Because, you know, the dip crew likes a good beverage. And for six of your nine courses, they will also bring out a cocktail. And that's an additional $100 per person. So, again, not something that I would necessarily do every night of the week. But... One moment. Yeah. It's an additional $100 for every person to get a cocktail? For every person to get six cocktails. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's adequate. <laughs> they pay, yeah. So, they it's not like just they're bringing you a, you know, a bottle of Kieran or something. They're pairing the cocktail with the course of food that you're having. So you have nine mm-hmm. of the courses. I'm sure one of them is at least a palate cleanser and a dessert. So six of the nine, you get a cocktail. I think you're going to be having a pretty good time with that. 
Especially yeah. if you, you know, do like a family get together that maybe you don't see these people for a long time or you got to have a group of foodies that wants to go out uh, and do something special. I think that's pretty cool. It yes. sounds like what I want to do for my next birthday. So. Right. <laughs> I think the only question would be, which I can't confirm or deny for you yet, um, if you have guests that maybe aren't that into seafood or sushi Boo. in particular. Right. Oh. I mean, they do exist. Um, if you can make special recommendations, knowing that it's Disney, I would imagine that you could. Uh, I just don't know if it would modify the pricing at all. So you guys feel good about our sushi conversation? Yeah. Yeah, that's a... This coffee's making me sweat. Really? How I'm you good. Guys? I finished mine. I'm feeling great. I'm only halfway done. Excellent. Uh, so our next question comes from Heidi and Hope Pet Service. And they asked, what is the history behind the Florida flag? Uh, So, just to be completely transparent, uh, none of us had any idea what the history of the flag was. I mean, I know I've seen, it's pretty iconic, right? You have the white and the red stripes, and you have the kind of seal, the golden seal on the front, and there's some water and palm trees in there, but I didn't really know what any of it meant. So, Megan, uh, while admittedly maybe history isn't your favorite subject researching is a passion so i'm I'm gonna ollie this one up to you the internet is a powerful tool so thank you internet uh it originally began as just a white flag with the seal on it the seal was written to be the size of the american silver dollar having in the center thereof a view of the sun's rays over a high land in the distance a cocoa tree a steamboat on water, and an Indian female scattering flowers in the foreground encircled by the words, Great Seal of the State of Florida, in God we trust. Um, And then in the 50s, they changed the Florida tree from the cocoa palm to the sable palm, so then it changed to that in the flag. Um, And then they also added the red stripes because they thought the white flag on its own looked like a surrender or like truce flag, and they didn't, you know. Yeah, we would never surrender. So yeah, we put a red X. Like Mm -hmm. no, never give up, never surrender. (laughs) Galaxy Quest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Did you learn anything else? I mean, ah, it's a Seminole Indian woman. Okay. Seminole Native American. Mm -hmm. Those are native to Florida. Yeah, makes sense. (laughs) A lot of. a lot of the state of Florida was populated by Native Americans. Uh, the Spanish conquistadors came in and kind of said, Man. we're going to take this. Uh, so sorry about that. Uh, it wasn't me in particular. I'm but, not Spanish. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not Spanish or Indian. Well, actually, I did an ancestry. I'm Cherokee. And I found out I'm 6% some kind of Native American. That's I'm Cherokee. Cool. Yeah. Yeah? yeah? Are you sure How much? Help? Like one thirty second, I think. Because my family raised me to believe that I was Choctaw Indian, and then my grandpa was like, "What? That was a joke I told once." And they just maintained that. <laughs> yes, as, like... Choctaw. Choctaw is a real tribe. I yeah. learned. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I came across. No, I thought it was badass. I did right. like a like a like a show and tell about it in school. I'm literally. Choctaw. <laughs> that's really devastating yeah. to like think that's your heritage. It was not. Uh, yeah, wow. I'm but sorry. Cool people, Choctaw. Yeah. Choctaws. <laughs> uh, and the Seminoles' uh, footprint can still be found all over the state. Mm. The Seminoles own the Hard Rock Casino chain. Really? Yeah. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They own a lot of the casinos. The Coconut Creek Casinos owned by the Seminole Indians. Wait, let me maintained. guess. Seminole Casino? Of Coconut Creek. 
thanks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I think they own more than that. Seven I just don't know. Casino. Yeah. I'm not good in a casino. I mean, I have fun. I like this, the like the shiny lights and the Can't... sounds, but I'm dangerous with shoving my money I just, into I just, it. I just run the roulette table. Really? Like it's my job. Put everything on red. Can yeah. anyone explain to me why Native Americans own casinos? Like, why it's their thing? I've heard this before. It's like some legal thing, but I don't really remember or understand. So, it, so. okay. I'm... I, this is piecemealing like memories together and please hit us up at the dip crew on Twitter if we're completely wrong. But I believe that because the native Americans were here first, the U S government has given them leverage or ownership to the land that maybe a citizen would not have. So like in the state of Florida, for example, you couldn't for a very long time own a private casino or own and operate a private casino. I actually worked at one uh, for a while. Uh, so you could do like certain types of gambling. You could have dog tracks. You could have horse tracks, not thoroughbred horse tracks, but like the, um, what are they called? Zebras. God. No, they're not zebras. Mutt they're horses. not donkeys. They're, they have like the Mules. thing behind them and the, Ass. so they don't actually run like thoroughbred horses run, like they can't get Ponies. off into a full gallop. Oh, darn it! Bizarre. Never heard of this. It's not donkeys. It's not full galloping Damn, horses. I gotta look not at it. mules. It's gonna make me crazy. No, they're not mules. I have no idea. Different types of horse racing. <laughs> <laughs> um, flat racing, jump racing, harness racing. Oh, but what kind of horse? It literally looks like chariots. So they're smaller than, a little smaller than thoroughbreds. And they can't uh, They have like a little, like the jockey doesn't ride on top of them. They ride behind them and like. Like chariots? Like yeah. similar to chariots. Oh, yeah. That's cool. uh, so you could do harness racing in the state of Florida, but not thoroughbred racing. Cool, right? Uh, well, we don't believe in racing animals because it's animal abuse. I, I mean, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but it is kind of cool. I like yeah. <laughs> But assuming nobody gets hurt, it's kind of cool. Uh, and yeah, so, but the Seminoles could own casinos and could gamble because they just kind of have different rights because we took their stuff. I don't know if it's fair ultimately, but I know they're making a lot of money. Yeah, but back to the question, why casinos? <laughs> oh, I don't know, because you can make a lot of money? I guess. I guess we should look it up. Maybe that'll maybe that'll be a subcategory to this week's trivia question. Our next special guest will be Native American. Well, if you are a Native American, please reach out to us at Just Take a Dip on Instagram, and we will invite you on the show. Casino on the show. Yeah. (laughs) Have you been to any of the Hard Rock casinos? No. Um. I've I've actually since I turned since I turned legal age to Mm -hmm. go into a casino. I I don't think I've actually been in one. Oh Me my neither. gosh, what? Never been to a we have to go. I've been I, to them multiple times myself. before I was yeah. 21 I gamble. or 18. You have to have limits. Yeah. You have to know what you're getting into. This is the amount of money that you're going to spend, and then that's the end. I remember I watched a movie on like gambling, on mm-hmm. like counting cards, and I was... I was you were ready? I knew, I knew I could count cards after that. Really? I can't. No. I can't. Most can't. It's really well, hard. it is illegal, but... But why is it illegal? Because like, it's supposed to be a game. It's cheating. I mean, is, is it? it? It's kind of like, it's to me, it's like the equivalent of, have you ever played like Mortal Kombat or something with yeah. someone where you know how to play the game, and you know the different combos, and then the person next to you is just like punching the controller and they happen to be winning? That's me. Right. That's yeah, me, that's there me you as well, actually. <laughs> so it's like, I get why it's not cheating, but it also kind of is cheating. So it's it's frowned like, upon. It's, 
It's much well, harder. You're gonna get, you're they're gonna playing get... it much more skillfully. That's true. You count cards, card counters. Yeah. Yeah. So you I count those cards. Count those cards. Yeah. <laughs> you're, gonna get, you're gonna get beat up probably if you, there you go. Anyway, back to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you get arrested for it. I think it's just you, the, the owner will. You could definitely get kicked out and banned from the casino. Yeah. yeah. But, but we arrested. should go. We should do. They opened up the guitar hotel. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, I have seen it. In Miami? Well, I think it's technically Hollywood. So it's close to Miami, okay, I've but seen it's it, not like, Miami. Physically. Another thing that's great about the Hard Rock Casino in Hollywood is that it's not just a place where you can go and gamble, but it is also a place where you can go and party. So they have, you guys have been to like City Walk in mm-hmm. Orlando, right? So yeah. it's kind of like the same thing. It's a huge place with like retail shops and nightclubs and uh, so you can go and never even really step foot in the casino itself and have a good time. They have concerts oh, there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Thanks, Heidi and Hope Pet Service. We went on a total tangent, but I hope we <laughs> somewhat answered your question that you easily could have Googled. We Thank you for throwing us a bone. We, we <laughs> giving us the opportunity. Uh, and now our, our next question comes from Next Wave Cruising. I've never been on a cruise. Really? Oh, oh that's so sad. It's no, been too long, though. Yeah? Yeah. I've been on a day cruise. Mm, to the Bahamas. No, it was awful. Was it all? Was it all inclusive? Speaking of buffets, it was all inclusive, but it was, it was ratchet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna say the name of the cruise line because we don't say bad things about people, but I won't oh. do it again. Uh, okay. So next wave cruising asked us, "What is your favorite Gulf side location to enjoy the sunset?" I mean, there's not a specific one that like anybody else would probably think is great, but like nostalgia wise i always used to go to this one spot kind of on, right off the clusahatchee river that we would just hang out with friends there and watch the sunset right from this literally just a seawall that's cool right off the river but i mean that's just mine but really anywhere fort myers beach yeah sanibel maybe this is basic but i'm gonna have to say up here you go mm. all the way out to the end. You're surrounded by water. It kind of feels like you're in the water. And yeah. But all you see end. is water and the beautiful sunset. It's just a great place to see all the colors. Yeah. Naples Pier is really nice because it's really well maintained. Sanibel is a great spot to see the sunset. Sanibel, I used to do um, wedding and engagement photography, and we would go to Sanibel a lot because it's relatively cheap to park. Mm-hmm. But it's like totally isolated. So if you want to feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere, like Megan said, being out on a pier, you can double down on that and go to Sanibel. And there's all these beautiful spots with like driftwood, and you have yeah. a lighthouse out there. Like it's super romantic, and you can feel like you're totally alone. Because if you go to the Naples Pier, there's a million other people with you yeah. watching the sunset pretty much every night. So that's a nice place to enjoy. One of my favorites is Clearwater, mm. because at Clearwater uh, Beach Pier 60, they do a sunset celebration every night, which I know I've talked about a little bit. Uh, but to me, anyone, any city that makes a big deal out of the sunset every night is okay by me. They mm. normally have like street performers. You can watch people do um, live paintings. There's seagulls there that sometimes I'll throw french fries to while the sun is setting into the water. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to feed them, but... No, you're definitely not. No. Especially not French fries. Right. <laughs> they don't mind. They appreciate it. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's for sure my favorite golf side location to enjoy the sunset. Any honorable mentions that you can think of? Siesta Key's nice. I've never been there still. Oh, gosh. We gotta go there. They're just starting to reopen. Yeah. I saw a lot of the bars are starting to open back up. We gotta go. 
Yeah, uh, Disney Springs, May 20th. Oh, yeah. I know. Space reopening. But I don't understand. Cause you have to wear a mask. So I don't know. Most, most of what you do at Disney Springs is eat. And drink. So do you, like, you shove the food up under like, your... Push it, like, push it into the mask. Right. Only liquids. You blend it. Whatever you order, they blend. <laughs> Gross. I'd like to watch the sunset at that little lagoon there. Mm-hmm. That's not the golf side, but... It's not. No. Yeah. But still, I'm sure the sky gets really pretty. Okay, our next question is from... It's Alyssa. I think I know who that is. Uh, she asks, in true form, why is Florida shaped like a... Johnson. You know. Johnson! Yeah. <laughs> Give me those records. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so while I was not there at the inception of the state, and depending on which history or science book you read, uh, it might give you a different reason why the continents shifted the way that they did. Pangea. Uh Yeah, so I don't know why Florida is shaped like that, uh, but I do know why it's awesome. So I figured we could talk about that. Like, yeah, that's yeah? close to the question. <laughs> That's not the question. I don't think it can be answered. Because so. it's a question. Yeah, it's literally I a mean, question. <laughs> well, I want to try. All right. That's what we're here for is to answer questions. What is it? Platonic? What are those things called? Those plates? Tectonic. Tectonic. Plates. <laughs> Platonic <laughs> plates. They're, they're plates that are just friends. You that, know? That's they never it. really touch. Platonic plates. <laughs> none that's of us are scientists, unfortunately. Yeah, none of us are scientists. But uh, I do know that Florida is really long. And has a lot of coastline, which we've mm. talked about. So Florida is 500 miles long at its longest point. Wow. Long boy. Uh, so downside to that, if you are a permanent resident, is it's not like, like when I lived up north when I was younger, you could go to like New York, Pennsylvania, you know, yeah. Delaware, whatever, Maryland. Five hours ago. Right. Like not, not really hard. But yeah, to get out of the state... It's going to take you hours and hours, which is really fun during hurricane season if you're trying to evacuate. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if you're vacationing here or, you know, you live here, there's a lot of options as far as cities, and they're going to offer you really, really different experiences. Like, if you go to the Keys or Miami, that's a heck of a lot different than if you go up to Gainesville. It looks like almost a completely different area. People even different. have different accents. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Those yeah. are very different places. They're very different. It's the have you ever, between... like, been to Gainesville? I have been to Gainesville, not, like, stayed, but I've been there, like, for it's, the day. That's a, you look worried. That's the Twilight Garrett's Zone, Garrett's now man. sweating. That's, like, the Twilight Zone, man. <laughs> yeah, that's there's a, a weird, lot of places in Central place. Florida that you can kind of feel like, mm-hmm. if I pull over here, someone might take my skin off. And then wear it. And wear it. And then, and then, like then, go, then go, go back yeah. to my house. Like, they don't serve races. your kind. You know? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah. Right. Swamp people. <laughs> swamp people. Essentially yeah. swamp people. Uh, but no offense to the swamp people. Uh, everywhere in Central Florida is really awesome. And we love the Springs. Thank you so much for being in Central Florida. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> the state is also 160 miles wide. So to kind of circle back to our last question, uh, earlier last year, I did something that was pretty cool. I woke up on Miami Beach. Got some cool drone shots of the sunrise. Ooh. Went back home what? to Naples, then got the sunset in the same day. And it wasn't even hard because it's just a pretty short, like, two-hour card ride across the state. Yeah. And it's two totally different places. Depending so on when you leave, cool. but yeah. Yes, depending on uh, rush hour traffic, which we don't really get here, but you definitely get in Miami. So, yeah. Any other thoughts on the shape of our great state? 
No, that's about it, really. <laughs> it's a peninsula. It is a peninsula. I surrounded by water. It's a fun word. School. Mm-hmm. We what also get the benefit is. of... Do you want to tell everyone what a peninsula is, Garrett? You seem proud of your knowledge. Yeah, it's it's essentially... it has It's surrounded by three sides of water. That's true. Do you know what the two bodies of water are on either side of us? The Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. Atlantic. Atlantic. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> the hesitation is concerning, but yes, the Gulf of Mexico <laughs> and the Atlantic Ocean. So also things to think about when you're thinking about where you want to stay, because they're two very different things. The Gulf of Mexico is pretty warm all year round. The Atlantic can get kind of cool, and it uh, is pretty wavy. So depending on what you want to do. Or if you're going fishing, what kind of fish you want to catch. Two, two very different things, just 160 miles apart. Wow. Waves are fun. Waves are fun. I miss waves, actually. Parts yeah. of the East Coast. It would be nice to alternate every once in a while. It's well, nice for well, still Pacific. Have you ever, like, swam in the Pacific Ocean? No. It's so much colder. It's freezing. It's not It's, it's not, not even fun. a thing. I was in California uh, for a training, and I was out there with just some people from work that I had just met, and people were like, do you want to go to the beach? We're going to go to the beach. And I'm right. like, yeah, I love the beach. I always want to go to the beach. So I got my swimsuit on. I got, like, all my stuff ready to go, my suntan lotion, and everyone else is in, like, hoodies and jeans. And I'm like... Sorry, I misunderstood. I thought we were going to the beach. And we went. Nobody ever got in the water. We just kind of, like, walked around. The water was freezing cold. There were some surfers in wetsuits, but... Yeah. So, depending on, yeah, where you are, the beach can mean very different things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lame. Uh, So, our next question comes from our friends Amy and Dana at the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. They actually gave us a twofer. Ooh. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So, if you haven't checked out the Run, Eat, Drink podcast, uh, they specialize in... Running, drinking, and eating. There you go. Yeah. Uh, because uh, you're, it's a lot better for you to eat and drink if you've run first, I think. We're more yeah. like the sit, eat, drink podcast. Twerk, eat, drink? Twerk, eat, drink. Yes. We'll do a spinoff show. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So check them out if you like any or more of those three things, and they'll be able to give you some good tips outside of Florida as well. Uh, but they asked what the best drink is in Key West. And the best place to stay in Key West. You guys got that. I... Yeah. The we best are... drink. So, yeah, so we got to start at the best drink. This is this is hard. Um, I have two answers prepared. Uh-oh. Do you do you want me to do my first one, and then you'll do one, and then I'll do the last one? I mean, I, I can't really decide. I mean, Fat Tuesday is cool. Were you going to talk about that? I wasn't, but Fat Tuesdays is cool. It's got a bunch mm-hmm. of different, like, icy blended drinks. They've got really, really strong ones that'll kick your butt, mm-hmm. and then some, like, baby ones. So that's a cool place for, for cocktails. Have you been to the Flying Monkey? One, no. So <laughs> there's, like, a there's like a point of contention. There's, there's two people that uh, are in Key West or have been to Key West. People that like the Flying Monkey and people that like Fat Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the same type of frozen concoction sort of place. And I, I kind of feel like it's one of those things where people think they're cooler if they say the flying monkey. Uh, yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Because like, Fat Tuesday is like a chain. It, right, yeah. you know. Uh, but I like the drinks of Fat Tuesdays better. And there's usually a DJ, like which is fun. Yeah, yeah the cups. Are, you never use fun. the cups? I think they have souvenir cups at the flying monkey, though, too. Well, well next time we go, we'll have to do a final this is it. Which is better, Fat Tuesdays or the Flying Monkey? And I'll be the kind of like the. You'll be up. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a blind player. taste test. Yeah, because I haven't been to either. There you go. Okay. Uh, I was also uh, going to add 
our favorite place to get a craft cocktail on Key West. Because not a lot of places actually make like a handcrafted cocktail on the island. And that would be the other side. The other side has uh, our favorite Hemingway daiquiri that we've Mm. ever had. Uh, They also do, and Garrett, I think you would like this. It's called a banana bread old-fashioned. I like banana bread, and I like old-fashioned. And you like old-fashioned. Yeah, it's really, really good. And uh, the bartenders there are great. It's a place that's inside, so it takes you off to Vol Street. It doesn't really feel very touristy or anything, so we love the vibe in there. The bartenders, if you don't see something on the menu that you like, they'll whip you up something if you tell them what kind of spirit that you want. Steph, when I go to Key West, is it going to be like you're going to be friends with all the bartenders who's been there so many times? And I mean... Sometimes I get mistaken for a local. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to brag, okay. but sometimes I get the locals discount. Nice. Yeah, it's probably because mm-hmm. my sick tan. Uh, and then the second place that I was going to suggest is the Rum Bar. I suggest oh, the Rum Bar for two reasons. I'm a big fan of painkillers. I made you guys painkillers well, the other night. We should probably put you in rehab then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the cocktail, Garrett. But you sh- I should still probably be in rehab either way. Yeah. Uh, so they make what they call the best painkiller on the island. And it's not only the best painkiller on the island. I think it's the best painkiller that I've ever had. Wow. Yep. Mm. Uh, they are also attached to a small little um, hotel mm. or bed and breakfast. I'm not sure exactly um, which it would be considered. But it's pretty cool. It's really, really small. It can probably only seat like... 15 or 20 people. Oh, yeah, but you can, you're in Key West, so you can get your painkiller to go if you want. And they have a cat there, a resident cat. I'm listening. His name <laughs> escapes me. It's something cute, like Captain or something. What? Chubby? Is it Captain Chubby? It's like Captain. I will find out. We're going to find out his name. What's the place um, called? The Rum Bar? The Rum Bar, yep. And the cat, who has yet to be officially uh, named, by us is uh he's got a little tag on his collar that says please don't feed me because he is so fat and he begs for treats and he will just let you pet him he's really really sweet uh so another reason to hang out there it's captain captain i got it right yes thank you internet captain cool anything else on key west meg any other drinks you would recommend I mean, there's a drink for everyone. I know there that. is. There's tons of alcohol. <laughs> there's no um, shortage of alcohol. Definitely go to Rick's. Yeah, Rick's yeah. is good. Get I'm, wild. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous to go. Why? This just seems overwhelming. You gotta hydrate. Duval, man. Duval so it's like a nonstop best. party. Oh my gosh, it's, it's so good. Uh, it's amazing. Which brings us to their next question, which was, where's the best place to stay in Key West? Uh, I actually did a YouTube video about this. You can check that channel out at Just a Day in Paradise. And there's no right answer for this one. Uh, It really depends on if you want to be right on Duval, which is where the action is. You're going to pay a little bit more premium of a price, and they're going to be a little bit more intimate of a hotel because they're all kind of like mom and pops or places that have been there for a long time. If you're going to stay on Duval, we recommend the Orchid Key Inn. They also have a martini bar and lounge there, which is really good. They squeeze all their own juices, Ooh. and the bartenders there are really good. Uh, our favorite place that we've ever stayed in QS would be the Reach, we stayed there. It's where our reservations are for next month, oh, hoping really? that, that doesn't get they're actually opening. Again. Yeah, because we, suppo- we were supposed to be checking in today. Yeah, it's yeah. devastating. It is devastating. Oh, God. Gosh. 
It would have been awesome. But let's talk about why the Reach is great. So the Reach is great because they have a private beach. Mm-hmm. What I else? Like Hammocks on the beach. Yes. Unique lounge chairs. It's exactly oh. the experience you want to have when you go to Key West. It's like what you dream of. But Literally what you dream of. They have a huge open bar that overlooks a pool that overlooks the ocean. The service there is incredible. Do you remember last time the kind of service that they gave us? Cucumbers on our eyes. Yeah. Cucumbers. On our eyes. Cold. They're like, would you enjoy some cold cucumbers for your eyes? I was like, I don't know, but I took them and, I, and it's great. We weren't in the yeah. spa. We were just hanging out by the pool and they were right. like, please put mm-hmm. these cucumbers on your eyes. Right. And, and we were like, yes. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Now I want them. Now I demand them. <laughs> Every yeah. time. I have a problem where, now. Where are my cucumbers? Yeah. I'm at like, you know, a comfort inn and sweets and I'm like, where in the hell are the cucumbers? And they're like, man, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Um, they also have um, a giant chessboard out on the lawn. Didn't we play chess there? Or was that somewhere else? I know we've played drunken giant chess at one point or another. Yeah, I don't know if it was. I think it was there. I, I think it was. We got shushed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because you were playing chess. It was what, three in the morning? Um, it may have been sometime very, very late in the morning and people started shushing. I mean, we may have shushed back, but it was all in good fun. Sorry if you're ever in a hotel that we're staying at. You've heard of hot rock massages. Yes. They have hot shell massages. Really? Yes. Wow. That sounds good. And maybe like exfoliating. Yeah. Because shells aren't quite as smooth as stone. And, you know, if you want to show your back to the world because you're in Key West, maybe you go to the Garden of Eden later. Maybe you need your back exfoliated. Ah, <laughs> uh, Garden of Eden. Uh, Look at times. Yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about that on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> Um, so our next and final question comes from Belchenheiser. I think we all know who that is. Speaking of back exfoliation, uh, he says, who do you know in Florida that eats the most bacon? So I know he was kind of leading me to say that it was him because our boy Belchenheiser does like to eat the most bacon, but, uh, true, uh, dip crew fashion. We didn't want to just answer these questions willy nilly. With an opinion. Yeah, with just, yeah, just hearsay. Yeah. We like, need to find it. out prove it. the truth. Prove it, Belgian right. <laughs> So, uh, I actually saw that last year, the South Daytona Annual Bacon and Brew Festival, Oof. there Boy. was a gentleman by the name of J.T. Posada. I would like to see this man. He's my hero. I don't know one of he, uh, He's got a thick beard, a mustache. Pretty cool. Uh, is he a native Floridian? Is he a Florida man? Uh, <laughs> is he Florida man? This just in: Florida man eats bacon at Bacon Fest in Daytona. He looks like a native Floridian. I mean, it's hard to say because he's got like a cutoff T-shirt. That's pretty quintessential Florida yeah, man. I would agree. Yeah, yeah he's, he was God, raised in a swamp. Yeah. So in large <laughs> So how many pieces? Well, you got to consider the amount of time too. So he had uh, ten minutes to eat. And he ate two pounds of bacon. I could do that. You can't tell me the amount of pieces? Well, I mean, a pound, like if you get a sleeve of bacon at the store, that's a pound. So we ate two of those in 10 minutes. That's a lot. So it's probably 20 pieces? Or more. But it's about, I mean, you'd have thin slice yeah. or thick slice. So it's about the weight. Is he alive? Of the, <laughs> uh, I didn't see the follow-up article, but he is definitely sweating for sure. Uh, yeah, he's a 33-year-old man. He was one of five contestants, and he participated in their annual bacon-eating contest. And he also won $100 and a trophy. So good for him. Uh, we Beat also, that, Belcher. Yeah. 
So uh, if anyone wants to be on our first annual bacon eating contest, let us know at the Dip Crew on Twitter. Uh, and we also do a bacon fest here in Naples oh. that benefits the Kiwanis Club. I'm not sure what exactly. I think it's like hungry kids or something. We want to feed the kids. And so you come and eat bacon, and then they'll feed other kids. I was really hung up on the amount of pieces. I couldn't find okay. out. But someone somewhere else. Somewhere else? In Florida or some, like, another place? Wait. At the Daytona 500. So, in Florida. <laughs> another guy? This what is, is up with Daytona? Matt Megatoad, quote, uh-huh. Stoney. <laughs> they gave me an amount and a weight. So this guy beat him. I don't know what article you read. Okay. Uh, ate 182 slices. Which equates to, that's Approximately gotta be. six pounds. Oh my God. In five minutes. In five minutes? In five minutes. Suck it, JT Posada. No? Is that too much? I, th- I hopefully he wasn't listening. <laughs> he pro- probably wasn't listening. Not yet. Uh, he's just the most recent winner. But he's okay. not like the winner of all time. I see. It was clearly... So six pounds is Megatone. the amount of wow. I a minute ago JT Posada was my hero, and now, and now Megatoad is my hero. Megatoad. Gosh, twenty-two years old. Is 22. Megatoad his legal middle name? It's in quotes, oh, so probably darn. not. But I feel like after you win a bacon eating contest, you have the right to legally change your he name. He said to the bacon was cooked just the way he likes it. See, I was thinking about <laughs> that because so Megan, I know this about Megan. Megan likes. Somewhat medium, yeah. She's not rare like, bacon, like chewy rather than like, crispy. Ugh. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I gotta have some. I crisp. don't want it to crunch too much, and I love crunchy food, but Honestly, then it's just like burnt mm-hmm. tasting. And it just depends on what how you're eating. Like if I mm-hmm. if I'm eating a BLT, like I'm having crunchy bacon, right? Oh, crunchy, crunchy bacon. Mm-hmm. Where's the best BLT in Florida? Does anyone know? Because I want to go. Tell us at the Dip Crew on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like if it was really really cooked. You wouldn't have to chew it that much. You could just kind of like pulverize it into your mouth. But then how much would get like missed? You know what I mean? Yeah, it it would be kind of like the cinnamon crunchy, challenge yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and you I, can't even swallow. Yeah, that so sucks. So the way it's cooked is going to be really important here. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll have to think about that when we do our contest. Right. <laughs> we got to start cooking. Six pounds is a lot. Oh, God. All right, cool. So uh, we are moving on to our segment that we like to call Tips, Tips and, and Dip. Tips and dip. Tips and dip. Tips and dip. Tips and dip. Mm, tips and dip. 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 Tips. Okay, so <laughs> on today's tips and dips segment, we're going to talk about a little bit more specifically how we tackle planning. Because all these questions kind of make me feel like if I was going somewhere, I want to know where I want to stay. I want to know where the best cocktail is, mm. or maybe I'm in the mood for sushi and I want to know where to go. So obviously we have some experience in the matter, but let's say we were going to Siesta Key or Garrett's never been before and we want to try something new, or we've been talking about going up to Destin so we can go to Crab Island. Crab I wanted, Island. Yeah. Crab Island. <laughs> I wanted to see from you guys how you tackle planning and how you know where to start, because it can feel kind of overwhelming, I think. I'm a big Yelper. Okay. I love Yelp, mostly for the pictures. I like mm. to Megan Yelps herself. 
She's she's been yelping. I do oh. I do write the occasional. Are you like Yelp a review. super yelper? I don't know what they're called. No, not no. yet. I'm I'm working my way up. You know they have like cocktail parties that they go to. Together. Oh, that's weird. Do they like <laughs> review the cocktails? They review the conversation after. Yeah. I don't think I want to be part of that, but I do enjoy <laughs> reading their reviews and looking at their pictures. Mm-hmm. She also like gets offended when people don't read her stuff. Oh, you like if people don't say that your like, review is like helpful. helpful. Yeah. Ooh, anyway, yeah. moving on. <laughs> Source subject. This isn't about me. <laughs> this is about Yelp. Okay. Um, like I'll just look up restaurants in Destin mm-hmm. and then go from there. Attractions in Destin. Mm-hmm. And I don't always look at the number one because the number one's like everyone goes there. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to go through it. Yeah, it's it. tired yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And like it might have five stars and twelve reviews and it's number one. Yeah. The one has that's four true. stars and like one thousand reviews. Like mm-hmm. you know, you mm-hmm. got you got to like Math. you got to get smart with Yelp. Math. Yeah. What about you? What's a dip tip if you're going to somewhere new? I mean, the thing that I start with first, I mean, I I got to have a good hotel. I got to have a good place to stay because I got to I got to rest. If I'm if I'm sitting <laughs> if I'm sleeping in a crappy motel 6 mm-hmm. when I'm trying to have a great time, like I'm not going to like that. I want to be able to have be good well rested while also having a great time. So, finding that perfect hotel, which I mean, she helps me with online. We see the best ones in like Orlando, Tampa, anything like that. We look at Airbnbs too. Yeah, we we do Airbnb. Yeah, you guys like Airbnb. And Airbnb well, they can like, be really fun sometimes. Yeah, like, really Airbnb, cool stuff. Airbnb is like it definitely can be a hit or miss at times because like sometimes looks can be deceiving. Mm-hmm. But, and like at a hotel, you're being like catered to, yeah. which is of course. I awesome. do like to be catered to. But mm-hmm. if if you do find a good Airbnb for much cheaper than a hotel mm-hmm. like i mean it's it's definitely worth it mm-hmm. because you, you you're secluded you don't you don't have anybody else near you really um some of the times the people aren't even there because you have the whole house that's true you might be surrounded by neighborhood cats if you stay at the one we stayed at in st pete <laughs> you keep she... plugging the cats do you want to tell us about the place that you stayed at in st pete megan do you remember the name of it I'll find it. Or the host's name, I'll perhaps? I don't. Because find. that's a really important thing when you're looking at Airbnbs. Oh, we you want to know. Uh, I think, I feel as terrible. just a rule of thumb, if you go to a super host, that means that a lot of people have stayed there, they've gotten good reviews, and they have some either amenities or the check-in and check-out process is really, really Shout easy. out Tanya and Michael. Okay, Tanya oh, and Michael. You. Yep, so Grove, yes. Grove by the Bay Guest House I found is it. the name of it. Say it again for the people in the back. Megan. Grove by the Bay Guest House. So the cool thing about it is it is pretty much in downtown St. Pete. Um, it's If you've been to St. Pete before, you don't understand. Like, all the roads are very, like, bricky, like, really old-looking roads. Like, they're very original to when it was first, when St. Pete first became a city. Um, but it's a really cool area, kind of a hipstery little area. Uh, but it's right down, cost, almost like sixty dollars a night. It's, it's really only for two people, but yeah. it's really nice. It was nice and small. It was good, you know, really good air conditioning. Very, very spotless. Um, but you also weren't like bombarded with the people that were living there because it was a guest house and six people were living in the house, something like that. Yeah, and they were all roommates, they so were... it wasn't like. But they were super nice when we needed to talk to them or when we were checking out, like. Just the nicest mm-hmm. of people. They talked to Megan about all the cats. They had all mm-hmm. the backstories for all the cats, so Megan was very intrigued. <laughs> I counted like six to eight cats. I can't remember the exact number, but I it was a delight. I remember getting pictures via text message. I couldn't believe it. More. Yeah. More cats. Another cat. <laughs> so must love cats if you stay there. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a really great time. They were really awesome. Um, shout out Tanya and Michael. 
if they're, <laughs> if they're listening. Uh, another pro tip, if you happen to stay with Tanya and Michael and you go to downtown St. Pete for drinks, I recommend the Mandarin Hyde. It is probably the best cocktail yeah. bar that I've been to, period. I would put it like top three. The vibe was really cool. It was really big because I think sometimes if you go to a craft cocktail bar, they're small. You know, so sometimes it's hard to get a drink or it takes forever to get a drink. And this place was really, really big. There was a lot of places to sit. The bartenders were amazing. uh, And they smoked a lot of their drinks, which is always cool, like, for Instagram. So you can show your friends that what you're doing is cooler than what they're doing. Yeah. That's the only reason you're on Instagram. Right. (laughs) Well, we have to recommend Brutilicious if we're going to recommend somewhere in St. Pete. Okay. Yeah, if you follow us on Twitter, I uh, wrote something on it on Twitter. It's called Brutilicious. Brutilicious? Brew. Like, brew as brewing coffee. Okay. Delicious. Kind of like Bootylicious. Got it. It's all female employed. They're the only ones working there, which I think is cool. It's Mm -hmm. kind of artsy. It's small. And they have, like, a... It's called Pepe Le Brew. It's a creme brulee iced coffee where they literally like toast it. So it's it's unique. I always get the Elvis. It's quaint. There. The Elvis. The, uh, the peanut butter and peanut butter and banana. Mm. I love coffee. The peanut butter and banana. That oh yeah. Good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna hit you with my dip tips. Okay. Uh, so you covered the researching where you go before you go. I think mm-hmm. that's really important. I like to balance out my Yelp with my TripAdvisor. And I'm going to tell you why. I think TripAdvisor reviewers are a little bit more refined. Like Yelp, sometimes they go in. You know, like you look at those one-star reviews and it might... It might say, like, the food was great, but somebody looked at me weird, you know? So, like, right. Uh So, I feel like Yelp, people just kind of go there to be angry for some reason. Uh Yeah. And with TripAdvisor, I feel like they're more honest reviews. So, if I find one on one place, I try to, like, cross-reference them. So, I have two perspectives. Mm. Uh, Also, double pro tip for talking about really funny Yelp reviews. Oh, God. Yes. (laughs) There's a place in Key West called... La Creperie. I'm sure that's not how you would say it in French. And the owner would be very displeased with me. Um, Sometimes when you have restaurateurs or owners or managers, they don't really interact with the clients based on the reviews that they get. But if you go through and read those reviews at La Creperie in Key West, you will be pleasantly surprised at the level of engagement and colorful dialogue that happens between the owner and the patrons. I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, can I just can I just give one quote, just one little <laughs> snippet, please? He was not pleased with the review and threatened. I'm not sure how this is a threat. Maybe in French culture it is to give them a tremendous, long, tremendous, greedy French kiss. So that's just one small <laughs> snippet of what you can expect with these reviews. Please, please look. They're good. It's hours and hours of fun. Reading the reviews from, and or well, the counter reviews uh, from this place. Uh, but I also think it's really, really important to be realistic about the amount of time that you're going to spend in each place. So to me, if I know that I'm going to be somewhere for four days, know what time you're going to get there, what time the hotel is going to let you check in, hmm. how long it's going to take. So if you're flying in, driving in, like don't have this ambitious plan for that first day if you're not going to get there by the evening because then you're going to kind of leave yourself where you're either rushing or feeling disappointed. Uh, And then I like to really think about how long it's going to take me to get from point A to point B. 
This is something that I'm very proud of in the itineraries that we build, because if you are going on, say, a four hour excursion, but you can see that it's going to take, you know, another 30 minutes to pour or, you know, you're not right by your car. Like, you know, how far is then that next place that you're going to go? Like the restaurant you're going for dinner. Do you need to go back to the hotel and shower? Like, think about all of those things and you'll maximize your time. I think we get our itineraries down to, like, the 5 to 10 minute mark. Heck yeah. Yeah. You even work on a little nap time sometimes. It's great. That's another good tip. Be realistic with the downtime that you need, right? Because some... I'm not a big napper because I find that if I fall asleep during the day, the, like, getting up sometimes can be excruciating. But you're not traveling alone most of the time. So think about those people with you, especially if you have kids or maybe a really sleepy person like Megan. Uh, You know, (laughs) we have to work nap time into the day so that we can go out and, you know, stay and play all night. So I think that's pretty important. Cool. Anything else? Any other dip tips? I have a folic acid deficiency. Anyway. Shout out to folic acid. (laughs) Thanks for helping us stay awake. (laughs) <laughs> Get your B12 sublingually. All right. And now it's time for you to join in on the fun at home as we challenge you to this week's Day in Paradise trivia question. You're entering to win our Just a Day in Paradise sticker pack, which represents some of our favorite places in Florida. Here we go. Okay. Are you ready? I can hear you clapping. I'm ready. Right. Okay. Um, if you think you know the answer, let us know on Twitter at the Dip Crew or email me at Steph at Just a Day in Paradise dot com we will select one winner at random and shout you out on our instagram story good luck here it is clearwater beach has been voted the number one beach in america year after year i told you it was awesome you can look it up on the travel channel you could look it up on TripAdvisor, yelp really everywhere you look clearwater beach is the best it's surrounded by the warm waters of the gulf has year-round sunshine and stunning beaches with super soft and cool sand did you know sand color and consistency is determined by what components the sand is made of? Makes sense. Right? Yeah. Because you have, like, sometimes you get really coarse sand and it's all, like, seashells and rock it's and stuff. Worst, yeah. But the sand in clear water is, like, powder. It's literally powder. So most beaches in Florida are made up of quartz crystals mixed with coral and shells. However, this is not the case at Clearwater Beach. Clearwater is one of the purest and whitest sands anywhere in the state of Florida. Because of this sweet sand, locals and visitors alike refer to it as what? Do you know? No, but I mean... The way you said sweet was like... Huh, was that like a hint? I don't know. Tell us at the Dip Crew on Twitter and see if you're right. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in to Just a Podcast in Paradise. We know you have your choice of travel podcasts, and we thank you for choosing to travel with us. If you look under your seat, it will turn into a flotation device in the event of a crash. We would love it if you would subscribe so you don't miss an episode and give us a five-star review if you enjoyed your time with us today. And how could you not? We were all caffeinated. Yeah. It's literally getting warmer and warmer as we go. You can also follow us on Instagram at Just Take a Dip for daily updates on what's happening around Florida. And check out our YouTube channel, Just a Day in Paradise, for destination ideas, unboxing things you might want to take on your trip, and copycat recipes, like maybe that painkiller recipe from the rum bar. Maybe we'll put that up there. You don't know. Uh, And yeah, we're wishing you a little bit of sunshine wherever you are, and we hope to see you in paradise soon. Say goodbye, everybody. Peace. See you next week. Bye. We did it. Yay. First time in the studio. I think it's better. It feels better. We should be your desk. We did it. Mics.